Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Predictions for the Bears game this weekend. We're going to have Dan Hampton on coming up, and we're going to get his prediction. And I hope they win. I hope they win. Um, True story. My 11-year-old daughter is now interested in football. Go figure. Taylor Swift shows up in one box looking at, you know, her bow in the Chiefs game. And she's like, oh, that's really cool. Maybe we could go to a Chiefs game. I'm like, what about a Bears game? Can we go to a Bears game? But at least it's kind of cool. It's opening up the NFL to a whole new audience. Uh, Football fan and investment pro joining me in studio right now. Both of those things and more. John Adams is Chief Investment Officer at Calamos Wealth Wealth Management. How are you? I'm great, Anna. Thanks for having me. it's good to see you again. I know your two sons, 11 and 8, both yes. play flag football. They My do. daughter plays flag football, too. And mm-hmm. it's it's just, um, it's a fun game. It is. It is so cool. So um, do you think the Bears are going to win this weekend? Then I'm going to ask you for market predictions, which are much more your, your wheelhouse. But I still want to get your feeling <laughs> as a Bears so. fan. I hope so. I won't be there, but I hope they do. They're playing It's going to be a beautiful day, at least. They are playing the, uh, the Broncos, Broncos yeah. right? And mm, Okay. Both 0 and 3. Both 0 and 3. Yeah. Woo! I like our chances. Someone's going to win. Somebody is going to win, and I darn well hope it's sure it is our, our Bears. We are going to hear from Dan Hampton later, get a little view on what needs to happen for this team. Listening to Hampton OB on GN is like, is like just saves me during seasons like this because they just tell it to you straight. Uh, just looking here, John, and we're going to get into financial talks, but um, just here, uh, looking at the prices for, if you want to go to the Chiefs game, is there's a 40% surge in prices, and I, that may be the Taylor Swift effect. I know the Chiefs are hot too, and you know but what, there's lots of factors in that. The top price for a Bears game currently is two thirty three for this weekend. Two hundred and thirty three bucks is the top price. Top price. So we'll see. After they start winning, lots of things can change. Let's talk about winning strategies in finance, though. That is your that is your specialty as chief investment officer at Calamos Wealth Management. One of the things I just like to get your take on is um, the uncertainty in the market. And we and I was listening to John Williams earlier talk about on the business report earlier about is this economy going to going to figure out this soft landing that we all hoped for or is it more leaning toward a recession and i gotta tell you it seems like a lot of the adults in the room lately are saying i gotta it's feeling like a recession is still going to happen what are your thoughts sure it's been a fascinating year i would say we kind of came into the year with most economists thinking we were going to see a recession then everyone kind of backed off around this summer when we talked in may we were talking about a soft landing that's been really our base case for the last few months i would say we still expect that to happen but there have been a lot of risks that have kind of reared their head uh, over the last couple of months and if you look at government shutdown is probably front and center there as far as the number one risk right now if you look at labor strikes a potential pullback in consumer spending this narrative of higher for longer with respect to interest rates, higher oil prices. There have been increasing risks as we head into Q4. Yeah, and I guess um, you know trying to navigate what that means. I mean, would you say? Let me ask you this because I, I know in the investment world you always say don't you, you got to look at it long term, right? right? So you can't get super scared out of your mind out of anything yes. or super confident about any particular month, day, week, or even year. But if you had to save for looking out two years, mm-hmm. are you confident about the market's strength? 
We are in a two-year time frame, yes. I would say, could we see a recession, a mild recession, perhaps early next year? Uh, perhaps. I think the Fed would be very aggressive as far as cutting rates in that kind of scenario. But if you look at the consumer, the consumer's been pretty strong year-to-date. Mm-hmm. We've seen a little bit of softness over the last couple of months, but as long as we see that consumption strong, unemployment's still running very, very low at below 4%. So until we see more broad weakness, we're still pretty confident in the overall outlook. Yes, we've seen some softness here over the last couple of weeks. Equities are down about 7% over the last couple of weeks, but we're probably due for, for a bit of a pause, and we're more optimistic, I would say, on a more medium-term time frame. What would that time frame be if you said to say, I'm, po- I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm looking pretty positively and have a positive outlook mm-hmm. for what time frame forward? Sure. I would say we tell our clients, if you're going to invest in stocks, you need to have at least a year time frame at the very minimum. So making predictions over three-month period time period is very, very difficult to do. I would say on a one- to two-year time period, we're more optimistic. But that being said, there's definitely a role for areas like bonds in a portfolio. Bond yields are very attractive, more than they have been in in 20 years because of this higher for longer rate environment. We've put a lot of clients into private alternatives. That's a very uh, kind of very key area of focus for us that kind of to diversify portfolios, you want to have public market exposure and you want to have private market exposure as well. Tell me more about that. Is that something you can only do through a private wealth management? or What do you mean when you say that private? Sure. I think it's much more accessible than it used to be. It's really, at at its basic form, just holding private companies that are not publicly traded on a broad equity index, for example. So we think it makes sense for investors to have public exposure in the portfolio and private exposure. And those aren't just very small companies. There are very large companies that are private. And there are three or four times more private companies than public companies. We think it makes sense for investors to hold those in their portfolio as well. We've seen banks pull back on lending. We think private investments are much more attractive than they've been in quite some time. And they're much more accessible. Ten years ago, you had to have a million, three million dollars to invest in private equity, private credit. Now you can invest for as little as $2,500 in a private equity or a private credit fund. And what what are, I mean, through, mm-hmm. we were talking to ET, about ETFs earlier, sure, but sure. We, what other kinds of instruments are there that give mm-hmm. you that exposure? Yeah, it's typically a, a, a fund. There are various platforms we have access to that we put our investors into private alternatives with. If you're investing very large amounts, you can go directly to the, the, the fund it, itself, the private mm-hmm. credit manager, the private equity manager, and do a direct investment. But but for kind of smaller levels, for, for say a few thousand dollars, we go through a, a platform that kind of provides broad access to a, a diversified credit or diversified equity portfolio. Energy is the only positive sector for the month. And I know yeah. we don't look month to Sorry. month, but we would like to talk about sectors moving forward where sure. you might see some strength, where yes. you might want to put some of your hard earned money. Sure. You know, I would say it's, it's both a, kind of a, a blessing and a curse. If you're invested in energy companies, you've done well. But for the consumer, it is a risk. You've seen gas prices increase pretty meaningfully, oil increase pretty meaningfully over the last couple of months. Uh, economists, the Fed, will kind of look through those shorter-term price fluctuations. But energy companies have done uh, better over the last few months. You've seen supply kind of pulling back. Uh, but if we do see economic weakness, we should see oil prices come kind of back down to a more sustainable level. We're speaking with John Adams. He's a chief investment officer at Calamos Investments. They're right here in our backyard, total experts at what they do. And it's just great to have your kinds of insights. We're going to take a pause here, check traffic and weather, and then back on the other side. Mary, take it away. Talking about your money on this Friday as we head into the weekend, it's... um. 
348. Anna Devlantis in for Lisa. In studio with us is John Adams. He is the Chief Investment Officer at Calamos Wealth Management. Uh, John, we were talking right before we uh, we took a pause there. We we're just talking about how you know where this economy is uncertain and like how do you how do you figure out where you want to be in an environment like this? I keep hearing de- beyond defense, defensive strategies are so popular. Uh, what is it you, you what would you kind of recommend? Um, what are you telling clients? Sure, yeah, I would say the, the first comment is going to sound very boring, but it's really broad diversification. We definitely preach that to our clients. The last couple of weeks is really evidence of why you want to be broadly diversified. Stocks were up. On almost 20% through the first seven months of the year. Now we've seen a bit of softness. And so it really kind of shows you the value of having fixed income uh, in a more balanced portfolio. So at Calamos, we're really known for risk mitigation strategies, showing clients some upside, but protecting on the downside as well. We have a number of those capabilities across our portfolios. And in this kind of environment where risks have increased over the last couple of months, it definitely makes sense to have that broadly diversified portfolio with some downside protection as well. Mm-hmm. And that is that is the key. Um, you, 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 let's talk about fiscal policy a little bit, because that is front and center. And everyone's uh, listening to the Fed. They're, they say that they may raise rates one more time is the, the thought that, that everyone feels that that's where it may be going um, to try to fend off a deeper recession and get us that soft landing everybody's talking about. Where do you think, where do you feel as if things are going as you look at the economic data right now? Sure. Yeah, on the fiscal policy side, I would say that's been underestimated over the last couple of years. We've seen this kind of explosion of debt. Debt's now 6% of GDP as far as the deficit. You've seen this $33 trillion number that, that's out there as far as the, uh, the total debt. And I would say investors are now kind of waking up to the fact that this is a risk over the long term. That's part of the reason that yields on the bond side have backed up to the extent that they have. So we are concerned about that longer term, uh, not as much of a shorter term risk. But as far as kind of where we see things going, I think monetary policy, what the Fed's doing, as well as what the government's doing, it's going to be much more of a driver going forward. And we take policy into account as a big factor in our investment process, not only things like valuation, but also what what direction is policy going in? Where's the momentum going? Mm -hmm. Uh, The Fed's tight. Fiscal policy has been loose. Those have kind of counterbalanced to a certain extent. But at some point, fiscal policy is not going to be as loose. Monetary policy is still going to be a bit tighter, and it's going to be a more difficult environment. In the news, the federal government shut down, probably likely to happen this weekend. Yes. Doesn't seem like there's a deal I, I haven't heard of yet. Um, those kinds of things, does the market just kind of look at it as, oh, another one? They'll figure it out. Yeah. Is, is that is that kind of a yeah. non, a, no, yeah. a known, uh, what is it called, nothing burger? It's been a non-event. <laughs> it's been a non-event in the past. We've seen this will be the fourth in the last 10 years government shutdown. We just put out what we call kind of a quick hits market piece this week, basically saying exactly that, that we are focused on it. We're monitoring risks, but investors have looked through these episodes in the past. I would say it is frustrating, though, from an investment standpoint that you usually don't get that much as far as an outcome from these government shutdowns. But it's a more volatility in markets. It's a bit more of a risk. But you're absolutely right. Investors usually look through these scenarios. Now, if we saw a more protracted slowdown, uh, a shutdown of, say, two, three months, Mm -hmm. that becomes much more of a risk at that point. But if it's more kind of garden variety, a few weeks, investors probably look through that. We certainly don't need anything to help with the volatility, right? I mean, I noticed today all the indexes are down, the volatility, the VIX uh, marker is up, and Mm -hmm. and it has been because there's a little shakiness about where we're going and where things are headed. Um, How do you view that? Volatility has been exceptionally low. I would say it has picked up a little bit over the last few weeks. We expect that to continue. 
um, that should be good for, we do a lot of customized option strategies uh, for clients at Calamos to take advantage of that elevated volatility. But I think that goes back to that diversified portfolio where you need that, that kind of ballast in certain areas of your portfolio uh, when volatility is increasing. But it's totally normal to have these periods of uh, increased risk. And you know, over time, we've been in a low volatility environment that could pick up a little bit, but we're still relatively low on a historical basis. Some of the things the Fed looks at, and you mentioned this earlier, John, is our unemployment numbers. Mm-hmm. And they're still really low, low 4%, mm-hmm. you mentioned. Right. And mm-hmm. so uh, one of the things the Fed wants to actually see increase, which I think for most of us, it's kind of counterintuitive. We'd like to see all of our friends and all of us yes. employed, but in order for the Fed to sort of you know wiggle a little bit or, or stop with the, the the hikes, they'd like to see some sort of um, you know the, some movement there. Sure. Um, what is it that's causing in this environment that that's causing these four uh, percent unemployment? Why why is that kind of sticking there? Sure, you know there are a lot of workers in the sidelines that have come back. I think the big surprise is they've actually been able to find jobs, and part of that's been the stronger than expected economic data that we've seen year to date. The companies are able to absorb those people coming back into the labor force. Um, you know, wage growth is still strong though as well. There are certain areas of the economy that are kind of, there's a kind of this rolling recession idea that some areas of the economy are already experiencing that kind of recession. So yeah, the Fed doesn't want to see anyone lose jobs, but they're more comfortable with an unemployment rate above 4%. They'd expect more like something like 4.5%. Uh, but again, we're seeing pretty strong wage growth, pretty strong consumer spending. Consumers are trading down a little bit, but they're still spending on, we talked about Bears tickets, uh, <laughs> hotels, restaurants, still spending a lot on services, maybe cutting back a little bit on good spending, maybe trading down a little bit, uh, but still still pretty powerful overall. Yeah, it does seem that way. Um, I did I did notice that the savings rate, there's some, those people are down a little bit, and there's some things that indicate that people are not maybe as confident as they were um, sure. a little while ago, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You see, you're starting to see some of that softness or... You know, this this massive overhang of savings that were kind of pent up from the pandemic, and there's a lot of evidence that's been largely spent down, um, especially by the end of this year. I think you'll see the impact of that really fade away. So that's a big question as we kind of head into 2024. Will consumers spend down the rest of that savings? Will they borrow on credit cards? You've seen delinquency rates increase, those kinds of things, but not not to a concerning degree, but kind of uh, increasing a little bit at the margin. What about housing? I noticed here that um, that there is there's some movement in housing and that as a sector. What can you tell us about that, John? Sure. Yeah, broadly, housing's been very, very strong, and a lot of that's just been a, a supply phenomenon. There's not much supply. And if you look, most places are still selling for kind of above list price, multiple bids, and that's very surprising in an era where mortgage rates are kind of 7.5%. You wouldn't have expected that. Uh, but there's still just this, this shortage of supply, and those balances need to, the imbalances need to kind of work out here uh, over the next kind of year or two as far as that supply and demand in housing. But that higher mortgage rate should uh, put some uh, downward pressure on uh, housing prices over time. Right, and the number of homes that are exchanging are changing hands. Has that been changing? Because those rates are so high, I know a lot of people get a little sometimes can be scared sure, of Sure, people are comfortable in their house. They have a yeah, 3% mortgage rate. They right. don't want to trade up for a 7.5% mortgage rate. So people are kind of staying put. You're seeing a lot of evidence retirees are not trading down. They're not moving to a smaller house because they have this this lower mortgage at 3%. So uh, until you see that 75 come down to, say, 6% or, or even lower, you're probably going to see people kind of stay in their homes a bit more than, than previously. John Adams is with Calamos Investments. He's the chief investment officer over there. Lots of big picture looks here that is really 
um, they're just critical to all of us to understand and hear these kinds of insights from someone like you. Would you say inflation? Let's talk about that for a second, John. Top sure. of mind for so many of us, the, the cost of goods, the cost of energy, um, sure. gas prices, all of that stuff really um, taking a bite out of everybody's paycheck and, and mm-hmm. you know, what we spend. I mean, what, what do you see going on there next? It is. It's definitely concerning. I would say, you know, we're more at a 4% kind of inflation rate than the 9% that we saw maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, so the Fed's a little bit more comfortable with that kind of level. Inflation data today came in a little bit below expectations, but you're still seeing areas like airline fares, for example, growing well above that that 4% rate. So it's definitely pockets of inflation activity that are concerning. But I would say a lot of the easy work's been done as far as inflation. Getting inflation down from four to two is going to be more challenging, especially with the gas prices that we talked about earlier. Food, oil have really increased pretty substantially. So we'll be watching that very closely. But I would say you know, the impact of all those hikes from the Fed still haven't been fully felt. We would expect to see some downward pressure on inflation here in the coming months. Finally, as we get ready for Dan Hampton, what is your prediction for the Bears-Broncos game this Sunday? I'm going to say Bears pull out a win 24-21. It could be ugly. (laughs) It could be, but a win would be awesome. Thank you, John. It's so good to see you. Thanks for coming by WGN. John Adams is with Calamos Investments. He's the chief investment officer there. It is top of the hour time, so we've got to get to the news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Chicago's very own WGN.